welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. It is Wednesday, April 4th. I am Connor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. Chris, oh my gosh, the bar has been raised at Tennessee. We're going to talk some spring game stuff. We're going to get to some master stuff. We're going to get to a lot of things today. We've got a very loaded show and Les Miles. We're going to talk Les Miles too. Yes. Les Miles movie career more specifically. But One of our best subjects. First, we got to talk about our guy, Lane Kiffin. Setting the bar extremely high at Tennessee it says that Jeremy Pruitt in two years, two years, is going to have Tennessee competing for a playoff spot. Mind you, Tennessee just won four games last season, but Lane is a big believer in his, his former guy, Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> that says it all. I mean, God, his troll level is just not even 100. It's on 1,000. Like, it's just incredible to see. Oh, man. And, and you know what? The thing that's messed up is he's the one that screwed them over. And he's still getting at him like he's the bitter ex-girlfriend. It, it's it, – oh, God. It was it was beautiful to watch. So you took that as a troll? Without a doubt. Do you think – you really think Lane Kiffin or anyone thinks Tennessee is going to be competing for a playoff spot next oh, year? Oh, I could find somebody – some a couple of people that are protesting the Greg Shannon Okay, anyone not wearing orange overalls or – Drunk at a Kenny Chesney concert in Neyland Stadium. Do you think anybody outside of those two boxes thinks that Tennessee will compete for a playoff spot? Yeah, that's a good question. What <laughs> I so when I first heard this, I think we all like we've talked about this before in this podcast. How like jokes aside, like we we believe in Jeremy Pruitt. We think he's yeah. an incredible recruiter. We think that he's done all the right things so far, and I have confidence that he will get Tennessee back to the level that that program wants. Pretty big national brand. You can own your state. But two years, two years. That sounds crazy. <laughs> so here was the here was the exact quote from Kiffin. Um, he said Jeremy's going in this. He said this on a Nashville radio station. So you know maybe he's pleasing the audience a little bit, but whatever. Yeah. So he said, Jeremy's going to do a great job there. I would not be shocked if it's not going to be just like Georgia. Looking at Tennessee back in the top, looking at Tennessee back in the top 10 within two years and making a playoff run, uh, Jeremy's going to do a great job there. Uh, I would not be shocked if it's uh, not going to be just like, oh yeah, so I just repeated myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, so basically he thinks that the Tennessee rebuild is like Georgia's rebuild. And that's his justification as to why Tennessee should be competing for a playoff spot in two years. Right. So here's a here's a little rain on that parade. I'm just, and I'm not trying to do this to, to talk trash on Tennessee. Because, again, like this is coming from a Bama fan. I, I still remember Peyton Manning standing up on a ladder in the student section or in, the, like in front of the band playing Rocky Top in 1997. I remember them beating us seven years in a row. And I remember, you know, the 41 to 14 games with him at the helm and every Clawson that beat us. I remember all that. So I'm not saying Tennessee wasn't great before and can't get back to that. What I am saying is where they are now is a 4-8 team that lost every single game in the SEC. What's not going to change at all, ever, for the foreseeable future, is their schedule, which includes two games every year, Georgia and Alabama. Those teams aren't coming off that schedule. So that's, it's gonna be, that's hard for me to find a way for them to win 11 games and get to not only an SEC championship, but then the national playoff. Right. So the Georgia comparison, I don't think is a fair one. Now, this isn't about like whether or not one place has a better culture than the other. Like, it's not about that. To me, no. the roster that Kirby Smart inherited, he took over a 10 and 3 team. Like, we, right. we make this out to be like Georgia, you know, and Georgia did maybe not maximize its potential under Mark Rick. Right. If you want to say that, that's totally fine. But my goodness, there was talent there. There was so much talent that he inherited. And not only did he inherit that talent, but he got that talent to stay after the 2016 season and right. all, you know, getting guys like Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle back. Like, Sony Michelle. And 
Lorenzo Carter, <laughs> Davin Bellamy. All these people are going to be top top picks in the first one or two rounds of the draft this year. I, that's not happening in Tennessee. Like they don't have those guys. That doesn't mean it can't in the future. Right. And and you know one thing that that like Georgia did take advantage of was the SEC East being down. That being said, True. they didn't do it in their first year. And I understand Kiffin said two years, but yeah, that gets that's like I think that the SEC as a whole is better when blue bloods in it like Tennessee are are Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like when they are ten and two, when they're challenging for recruiting championships, and they're what? <laughs> you give me. A I'm look. giving you that look because it's like I I get so frustrated with that that school of thinking, <laughs> and maybe this is just like my way of saying that I don't really care who's good, I don't really care who's not good, because right. to me it's just as interesting if Mississippi State is winning ten, eleven games as opposed to like if Tennessee is doing it. So I I guess like. I don't buy into the argument that the SEC is better when Tennessee is better. I get what you're saying in yeah. that it's a bigger fan base. They have the more you know historic rivalries. Better national brand. It's a national brand, and it's good for the, for the SEC itself. And teams don't question it. Whereas, like a Mississippi State last year, people were questioning how good they really were when they were in the top 25. Whereas when Tennessee gets in the top 25, it's like Tennessee's back, and the, the history right. is going to come with it. So, like the the interesting thing is, I don't really buy into that argument, but. People will say, and there are certain Butch Jones apologists that will say, well, I mean, Tennessee was a top 10 team technically in 2016 for a very, very oh my good God. time. Um, that was obnoxious. They should have lost to App State that year. Yeah, that was incredible. Was that, that was like a, that opener was on a 20, Thursday night, right? And opener was on a Thursday night and App State had a chance to win, oh, win with a field goal. First off, they went for it on fourth and one instead of kicking the field goal and just winning the game outright earlier. Then they decided to go for it again. And it gets blocked or some crazy crap like that. That game. I was watching it with a Tennessee fan while I was working at a bar uh, in Atlanta called Houston's, and and she was like, "I think we'll be pretty good, Chris." And I know that that whole voice I just did sounds kind of ridiculous. That's my best impression I do, hands down. That's Sally. She's fantastic. You sound just but, like. Uh, her. But yeah, that, that sounds just like you know, you know, Sally. Duh. No, I mean, like I think it's better. I think the SEC is better when Tennessee is is good again. I say that only because maybe maybe because I I'm used to them being down right now, and it's. I, I, I kind of maybe I'm misremembering some of the, the terrible days. Like I had to get trash talked by UT fans, but either way, it's not going to take two so, years. Yes. Also, did they ever ask Lane Kiffin any questions about his own team? That's a good question. I don't know how I he mean, gets like, off the rails so easily. Every quote is about about Bama, about Saban, yeah. about Tennessee. Like how many? How much of these entire like interviews are him just like talking trash versus like, yeah, we have spring practice today. Everything went well. I had a two star receiver not get injured. Like that's just like the only news coming right. out of FAU. I mean, nobody's going to sit there and grind over the FAU depth chart. The, Right. So Kiffin throws this out there, and I, I'm wondering how long will it take for for what's what's a realistic expectation for Jeremy Pruitt to get Tennessee to where it's not just getting into the top ten because of hype, because of preseason hype, and because it won one or two games in the SEC. Because everybody knows Texas A&M has done that year after year after year, where they get I mean, not last year, but where they get into the top ten, and it's like oh, by November, you know, all all things have fallen apart. That to me is not a top ten team. A top ten team is a team that finishes there year after year. And I think complete, competing for a playoff spot, let me spit that out, is, <laughs> is being in the race in November and actually having a say in who wins the division. So to me... I say three years. You'll go three. I'll go... I'll go four. And I know that seems... That's, that's tough to maybe think Here, about, but... Here's why. Because I actually did think about this. Here's why. And, not, and I'm not just throwing out a number just because the number. What I will say is this. Three years from now, they get Bama and Florida at home. 
They'll also get a road game in Athens. You looked at the schedule. However, Jake Fromm. Yeah, I know. Jake <laughs> Fromm will be gone. So he has enough time to bring in some of that recruit, or some of those recruits. So his guys will be, be upperclassmen at this point. Is Justin Fields just going to not show up, or how's that going to work? If he is, he's going to be a first-year starter, so who cares? That's true. It, I mean, it, who's is he going to come in and just, like, light up the world? We're, we're forecasting way, way far in advance here. I love it, though. I'm telling you right now, Tennessee's going 11-1 <laughs> in 2020. Mark it down. Oh, high expectations. There are high, some high expectations in, in Columbia, too, as well. South, South Carolina. <laughs> Man, there are uh, there are some people. That's going to be the trendy pick is to pick South Carolina to to win the division, Upset Georgia, to get past Georgia. Everybody's looking at that Georgia game, and I think it's in week two where they get to host the Dogs. And I thought it was in October. No, I think I think it's week two. Like it's it's really how early. Did I mi- how did I miss that? This is the second week of this year, but I'm like four yeah, years ahead in Tennessee's future schedule. <laughs> that's a good Perfect. Question. All right, cool. So South Carolina's uh, spring game. Was about what you would expect. Will Muschamp actually is a little bit more like kind of hands on and likes yeah. contact and compared to a lot of other, other SEC coaches. And like he's had quarterbacks get hit in the spring before, but, uh, yeah, Jake Bentley. By him. Yeah. By it's him. just him coming up the sidelines like Bobby Boucher <laughs> and just absolutely decleating somebody. That was a good sound effect too. I like that. That was good, right? Yeah. That and my Sally, my water boy and Sally are on, yeah. on point. Your, uh, your imitation game is really good 10 minutes into this thing. <laughs> But Jake Bentley looked good running the new fast-paced offense that Brian McClendon yeah. is going to run there. And that's that's all the rage. I mean, Tom Luganville had a quote leading up to the spring game. I think he went on uh, Peter Burns' radio show and said that it was like looking at old-school Oregon. And that's what we talked about. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week. And Jake Bentley looked good running that offense. And they ran some tempo. It was, it was solid, but it wasn't like... Yeah. Oh my gosh! This is, this thing is going to take over college football. South Carolina You're set up wins. to succeed. <laughs> like it's a spring game. Yeah, it's our boy Barrett Salee said that they were on another level compared to every other team in the SEC East besides Georgia. Yeah, I mean, so high praise, but like that's this is what we do. That's what we Remember do. Last year, last year it was Bama. I think everyone predicted Bama and Georgia in the SEC championship, and you know, and Florida was the trendy I, pick. I think right, and 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 I mean, I think if, if it goes back. I want, it's more than a decade. It might just be – I don't remember the last time they got it right. I know in the last 26 years, the media has only has picked the uh, correct SEC East and SEC West representative in the championship game only four times. because we sip the Kool-Aid. That's what we do. Every time. Offseason's too long. We sip too much I, Kool-Aid. How about, how about though a Will Muschamp team being compared to old school Oregon? Like that <laughs> – I never thought I'd hear that. That's a mind Unless you're talking about the one guy that – when LeGarrette Blunt punched that guy from Boise State. Right. Yeah. That would <laughs> a little too soon for that. Um, but I mean, Jake Bentley looked good. We've talked about whether or not we think Jake Bentley can be an elite quarterback. I think the more important thing for him right now is that he stays healthy. He got some reps. Yeah. I thought he made some good reads. That touchdown throw. I can't remember. He had a touchdown throw to the tight end, I think, where it was like read the safety over the top and it was perfect. It was what you wanted to see from him right. in that spot. Uh, to carry progression to carry and joiner looked a little bit, I don't want to say shaky, but you know what you would expect. That's exactly the word you want to use. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like a little bit, you know. He's an early enrollee. What you'd expect from a freshman. Exactly. What you would expect. Yeah. Basically already put into the third string role, which kind of takes some of the pressure off him. He's not going to have people calling for, you know, him to all of a sudden be put in over Jake Bentley. So I think that was kind of right. a good thing. But think people don't understand that kid's supposed to be going to his senior prom oh, gosh, right now. Gosh, my sick of that storyline. Can we can <laughs> we just and especially with Jake Bentley, I mean, he is the most 
talked about when it comes to that. Like people forget, Jake Bentley is only supposed to be a sophomore in college, and this is his yeah, third year. Let's let that go because oh, this is gosh. <laughs> we. It was enough his freshman year, and they kept saying the prom thing. It's like get a new line. Oh, it's ridiculous. Get a new line. There are too many in early enrollees now to where like I'm so sick of hearing about that. Like. If you're in college, you're in college. If you're surrounded by these guys yeah. every day, you're lifting weights with them. I get that physically you might not be on that level yet, but let's just let's put that to bed. Everybody's doing it now. Right. A guy who's way past college, though, Mr. Steve Spurrier, and he's 72 years old. He did not look like he was in midseason form. That ball that he dropped, oh my goodness, head ball now, coach. I want to, like, everyone got onto him, and, you, and like, you want to come to his defense. I was talking about this with my stepdad at Easter on Sunday because they live in Columbia, South Carolina. And so we're talking in beautiful Columbia stuff. I'll throw that out there. So we're sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah, you see Spurrier drop that ball." I'm like, "Yeah," and like, so I was like, "How old is Spurrier?" So we ask Alexa, and he's 72 years old. So you like you want to like be like, "All right, guys, give him a break." I mean, he's 72. Like, what 72 year old is going to catch that ball? And then you watch the video, and he's wearing damn gloves. I know. Why is he wearing the gloves? Yeah, he should have put on the gloves because if he didn't, then he would have had an excuse had he dropped the ball, which outside of being 72 years old. Well, okay, so Spurrier is one of those guys that you don't expect him to really, like, take his foot off the gas, so to speak. Like, you expect him to just right. always be, you know, chipper guy, throwing the ball around, having fun. Like he Shirtless, just pounding Coors Originals just wherever he is. That's <laughs> <laughs> just that's who he is as a person. I love it. I think he was so great on that those Dr. Pepper commercials, too, or... He, with uh, Larry Culpepper. The Visors. Oh, the Visors. Larry Culpepper here. Oh, those are so great. That That is that is Steve Spurrier in his element. Not so much catching those passes. I felt bad. No. He had the best best possible reaction to it, though. Needless to say, he's a little bit past his prime. And South Carolina fans yeah. made note of that as well. Also an employee of the University of Florida, which is weird that he was in South Carolina. You know. Just shows you how much he can do whatever he wants and how many people... How many people in the SEC still love him no matter what he exactly. does? Exactly. He has earned that right. It, he could throw on, like, I mean, he, I think it was last year. Yeah, last year, maybe two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago in 2016 where he's just on the sideline wearing, like, Oklahoma gear at the Oklahoma-Ohio State game because what? why not? Like, he's Steve Spurrier. Like, he, he can go anywhere, throw on a polo, yeah. throw on a visor, and you're like, shouldn't you be on the sidelines coaching? Like, so. He has, he has, in South Carolina, I read this stat today, and I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive I'm not. They've had seven, I believe only seven years they've had nine plus win seasons. Yeah. And he's responsible for four of them. Right. Because there, there was a run where there were four teams in the country that had won like an average of 11 wins a year for like four straight years or three straight years. And it was Bama, Stanford, and South Carolina. And someone else, I want to say it was Oregon or something like that. And there's when they had Clowney and they and Connor Shaw and all that kind of stuff. And they were they had four straight years of, of like ten or eleven win seasons. So that's that he he basically accounted for half of their program history's like nine plus one seasons. Speaking of those nine win seasons, you see that picture of Spurrier and Steven Garcia? Good God, that was awkward. <laughs> our guy our guy Steven Garcia looks like Chris Stapleton. He he does. He looks he looks good. It was just the the picture, and I'm sure it was just out of context. But it was like he was like looking at at Spurrier with like the side googly eyes, and Spurrier was like looking the other way. It was just like, oh man, it was like a, a son that just like met his dad for the first time in a long time. Like hey 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 coach. There were so many pictures of those two guys. Like uh, literally every angle of their interaction was captured on some sort of I mean Twitter Spurrier picture. Loves to like to like go out and enjoy himself and drink and take his shirt off. I bet if Garcia wasn't his like his player, he probably would have like they probably been best friends. That'd be pretty frustrating though as his player. I would love to hear 
So we've come up with some pretty great shows, the Les, Les Miles and Brett Bielema eating lunch together. I want, I want Spurrier and Steven Garcia just sitting down at a table. Or no, 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 better yet, here's, here's what we'll do. We'll get them both in their element, just, just having a catch. Just having Drunk a catch. Drunk history. Yeah. Drunk history. Oh, that'd be great. Just recapping. <laughs> Steven Garcia. And, and, recapping and 2010 Alabama, just talking about the glory days. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that one game, 18 to 20. Cannot believe he, he missed two passes. How's that possible? I have no idea. Alshon Jeffrey caught everything under the sun that day. Anyway, I'm fine. I'm over it. Yeah, you sound like it. You sound great. <laughs> South Carolina got the stage uh, to itself last weekend. That won't be the case this weekend. We kind of get into a little bit more of the um, uh, mid-season mode when it comes to these spring games. Yeah, we're in the thick of it now. <laughs> Auburn's got a spring game. Arkansas, Ole Miss, all this weekend. The story with Auburn that I think a lot of people are, are starting to get a little bit worried about Goodness yeah. gracious! There's a new injury every single day with every this team. single day, man. And it's not it, the thing is I don't think it's anything to be super worried about in terms of are they going to be ready for the season? And luckily, it's not happening. It's happening in the spring and not in the fall. But what sucks is like the missed reps. Right, right. I'm not laughing at injuries. I'm laughing at the fact that as we learned a few weeks ago, Will Muschamp told us that you can tear your ACL in the spring and still return for the fall. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I had Tommy John surgery last week, but I'm closing this game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's well. The frustrating thing is, so Will Hastings and Eli Stove both suffered torn ACLs in the spring. Auburn had some high that's expectations awful. for what they were going to be able to do to provide for some Will depth at receiver. I mean, I, I, I like the I like the prospects of, of Auburn's receivers coming back with Nate Craig Myers and what Stidham was going to be able to do with them. But now that you lose those two guys. They lost a, a promising JUCO defensive lineman. Who is it? I, it was uh, Daquan Newkirk. And then, you know, Nick Brahms goes out. And he's reportedly out for the spring. And then today just happened, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, whatever day it is, Caleb Kim, who is going to be competing for that center job with Nick Brahms, he's probably going to be out the rest of the spring, according to AL.com. Yeah. So it's like all these things, they just kind of add up. And I wrote this. It's it's not that you're worried about these guys, like these devastating, huge, massive right. losses. To me, this is about depth, and this is about yeah. being in a division where the, the the room for error is so so small. Right. And if you're getting into this point where you already have this like this many injuries in the spring before you're even doing any contact stuff and like really going full go, I question how you're going to be able to hold up in the fall when you're throwing pads right. on when you're getting into the midseason. Like th- these things add up and they can take a toll, and it's a steep hill to climb, especially for an Auburn team that. I don't know if you've seen that schedule, man. It's it's loaded. They got Washington well, to start it's also the a team that literally their the rest of their season was defined by one injury. Right, exactly. If you ask an Auburn fan, exactly. and, and I'm not saying that in a, in a in a rude or crass way, but I mean like I think Carryon Johnson's probably a difference maker if he's healthy in that Georgia game. No, I would agree. hundred percent. I would definitely say oh, I'm not over this, but I wish they you know, I wish he was healthy for that UCF game. Yeah. Well, you 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 make a great point because I I've been saying I think the margin for error for Auburn is is a lot slimmer than than it yeah. is for for Georgia or for Alabama. And I understand Auburn fans that you beat Georgia, you beat Alabama, but I mean with we saw we we saw with Georgia that Carryon Johnson was a monster that game, and he was yeah. I mean he was great against Alabama too, not as great as he was against Whatever. Georgia, but it instead of played out of his mind and like. Auburn had everything rolling, and it was a team that stayed, you know, relatively healthy at least compared to Alabama. Yeah. Like Alabama dealt with so many injuries on the defensive side, and couldn't overcome them in the Iron Bowl. Right. And you know, other things happened as well. But you know, I, I just fumbled two straight snaps. But I mean, yeah, out of shotgun, which is almost impossible to do. That's too. Yeah, that's probably a good point. But you know, what's, what doesn't happen? And this goes back to the Tennessee thing. And maybe I'm just too 
I'm honing in on one thing and overreacting to one thing too much this week, but their schedule next year, like you brought up, they do have Washington. Stuff. You know what they don't have the uh, the luxury of this year? Home games against contenders. Home games yep. against Bama and Georgia. Go on the road. They gotta take, they've, I've never understood why they do that. I've never understood why they – because every year it's great when you're playing a, your biggest not cross-divisional rival, Georgia, which is the greatest rivalry in all of college football. I don't care what anyone says. It's my, the best game of the year every year for me. And then you get to play Bama, you get to play Bama like two weeks after that. You play like why don't they stagger that? Why do they play both those on the That's road every other year? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. But what I do know is that since that national title appearance for Gus Malzahn, you know what his record against Power Five teams on the road is? This this is I bet it's fast. I bet it's, I bet it's real fast. I bet, he's, I bet he's going on the road like pretty fast, and they're they're getting their up tempo and they're doing a lot of things real real quick. Your rotation game <laughs> it is improving significantly by the Thank podcast. You. It is improving. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I do not. I bet he's three games over five hundred. He's nine and nine. Whew. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like your margin for error if you're Auburn is very slim right now. Your goal for the spring game should just be stay healthy, no more injuries. I don't yeah. care how my team looks. I don't care if Jared Stidham doesn't take a snap. We're I, not having a spring game. Just stay healthy. Don't get anybody injured. I mean that that's got to be your your number one goal. Just try and get to the summer and and, yeah. and save some of these guys because they need them. Two other spring games that are going to be going on Saturday. We've got Arkansas. We've got Ole Miss. Two teams that, in my opinion, can look really they, – they can – okay, Man. so they can do like what Missouri did last year, which was be really exciting and be not that great and not contend for a division right. title. But they're the team that you want to flip on on Saturday because they can score yeah. 50 points on a given day. They're the, they're the fly in the ointment. They, they could also ruin a Saturday for somebody. They absolutely can. And – the the new look Arkansas team with Chad Morris we all expected to be night and day different between whatever offense skinnier slimmer ever, like more fleet of foot walking into the stadium without falling I think they're they're going to be someone to watch this year don't hate on our guy Bert Bert I love Brett Bert, Bert's doing all right he's working <laughs> him falling walking into the stadium though it's just oh, man that's incredible okay. yeah Chad Morris like headbutts uh, the mascot on the way into the stadium chugs a Red Bull and then just sits there on the side and stands there on the sideline and does like 15,000 steps. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, Morse. Orgeron actually big spoons Mike the Tiger the night before every game. So that's that's also something to think about. That's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, we're, we're expecting Arkansas to change a lot. And Chad Morris, you, you brought up a good point about being the flying ointment and him being this, this Texas high school legend and building that SMU offense into what it was. And having those inroads with recruiting. It's, it's huge. And he's going to, he's going to get a few of those guys that maybe an LSU, maybe a Texas A&M usually gets, or maybe even Texas, right. we can throw them in there too. And he's, I think he's going to be able to get some of those guys who want to play in his offense because he's going to have a lot. I think he's going to have a lot easier time recruiting than Brett Bielema did. I know that Brett Bielema, Technically, I think he had the higher rated, higher rated recruiting classes, but to me, Morris is going to play a fun style that yeah. is going to be great to watch on a given Saturday. Agreed. So what I want to ask you is, who do you think between Arkansas? Now, keep in mind that Arkansas, even though it struggled last year, 62nd in scoring offense, I want to say. Arkansas, compared to Ole Miss last year, like night and day, nobody's saying that last year. I'm saying this year. Which team do you think has the better offense between those two? Arkansas. Ooh. No, that's dumb. Ole Miss. <laughs> Go on your Arkansas. I'm on that. That. No. No, because I'm excited to see Chad Morris. And he was a great offensive coordinator when he was at Clemson. And what he did at SMU was a lot of fun. I think he's going to bring a lot of excitement. But 
what you're forgetting, and this is what I always bring up about Georgia Tech, being from Atlanta, they've dug themselves a hole in terms of recruiting mm-hmm. down here right. because they, they've run the stupid high school BS offense where they are, you know, running the triple option all that kind of crap. If they ever get rid of Paul Johnson, it's going to take a while to get, you know, new recruits in for a new right. offense. Arkansas isn't in that bad of a situation because of right. what Bielema was building up there, but that was a run-heavy offense. It's going to take a minute. to like. It doesn't help as much to have the biggest offensive line in the country when you're throwing the ball 40, 40 times a game. And Ole Miss, I know, understand they lost Shea Patterson, but at the same time, a backup was pretty damn good last year. Yeah, Jordan Thomas not is, is a Yeah, stuck. I'm not going to try to say his name. <laughs> I've heard like, I've heard like four different pronunciations of his name. It's it's Jordan Jordan Tamu. Tamu, I think. T-A apostrophe A. I listen, I've never seen two A's separated by an apostrophe. I listened to him pronounce his last name one time, and I still can't get it fully right. We're going to get it right. See, He's going to be You went straight to the origin. You, you should have been able to do that. We, sh- we should just call him JT. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. I got way too excited right. with that Justin Timberlake reference. <laughs> so our, our the SEC JT. So our guy JT, you know, those receivers at Ole Miss, Ole Miss might have the best receivers in the country. That's why I'd probably yeah. give Ole Miss the edge. Still have so many guys coming back. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. I mean, these guys, NWO, <laughs> nasty whiteouts. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, that, yeah. That was a, that was a big thing last year. They, they have like the belt and everything. Like they're, you can't say stuff like that right now when it's their week of WrestleMania. I get way too excited. Yeah. You're, you're like really big into wrestling, aren't you? I'm not really big, but I'm not not really big into it. I'm not, not really big. <laughs> oh, no. That's just such a great I mean, use like, of a double I negative. might have had a long conversation. I had a, I had a lengthy conversation with somebody this weekend. It's a couple wearing – they were wearing matching Harley Davidson shirts, which – so you know, first off, like, yeah, I want to talk to these people. And they were like I, – I walked up on them saying, problem is, Rhonda don't understand. She got a little too big for her britches when she came over here in WWE. and think she's going to walk in here and just waltz all over everybody. And I was like, oh, I got to be a part of this. <laughs> Had a, had a lovely WrestleMania conversation with them. And now me, Trish, and Dan are going to probably go get some hummus this weekend and watch some wrestling. <laughs> no, wrestling fans don't eat hummus? What are you, what are you talking about? No, not at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to incorporate some, some fancy things in their life. They're, you're welcome. I'll look forward to that. Anyway, back, back, we're off topic. So, yeah, those are going to be fun to watch. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing those offenses this year. Arkansas is going to go through that big transformation. And Ole Miss still has Matt Luke, and they still have a really high-powered group of pass catchers. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see kind of what shakes out. Arkansas is playing that spring game in Little Rock because of the I, stadium renovation too. So don't be weirded out if you flip on the TV and you're like, "Where are they playing?" It's yeah. Oh, they're playing at a high school stadium. But you know, so you're just talking about wrestling. Speaking of acting, our guy, everybody's our guy. I think right. Yeah, yeah. JT LM. Who Kiffin. Big on abbreviations this week. Yeah, we are. We're we're becoming a pro abbreviations podcast. Les Miles. So Les Miles' movie career is taking off before our eyes. We forecasted this a few weeks ago. And Ross Dellinger of The Advocate wrote a tremendous story doing the Lord's work, Ross. Like, attaboy. Yeah, that's big. We we do a lot of, like, you know, I don't want to say that we we take digs at at journalists for doing certain stories in in this business. Oh, they deserve it. But this was... So well done. So, so, so well done. So the piece was on uh, Miles' flourishing acting career. And <laughs> my my takeaway from this is that Les is like, he, he's serious. Like, this is not just, I'm going to do a cameo oh, here, yeah. cameo there. He even said that he he, he doesn't want to play roles anymore that are that are himself. He wants to branch right. out. And, and I mean, he's earned it. He's, it's been, he's been in the game for roughly nine months now. He's got, he's got, and as any actor writes. will tell you, there's no, there's no, 
small there's a large timetable of when you're struggling as an actor like if you got it you got it you just get it right away and you start getting all these big big gigs right right off the bat that's how acting works yeah his his breakthrough role is going to be in this uh this upcoming movie the challenger which i think it comes out in june uh he's going to be a nasa chief and did you see that picture Hold on. I didn't see that part. He's going to be a NASA challenger. We're supposed to believe that he's, he's going to be a NASA chief. He, he couldn't. He couldn't spell NASA when he was in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be. He eats grass and says it's good luck. He looks serious in, in that in that shot. I don't know where they got that from. That do you image, realize but... when they have to count down till blast off, he's going to somehow mess that up? No, 10, well, the, the... nine, <laughs> seventeen, thir- thirteen. He's, there's no chance he delivers a perfect. Countdown from 10 to a blast-off or a lift-off. Good. He's in charge of spaceships. We don't know what they had him do, what his lines were. We're obviously eagerly awaiting the release of that movie. Good God. It's going to be 13. That's all it can be. That's all it can be. I'm looking forward to, to seeing it, though. Oh, it's the Challenger? Yeah, yeah. Like the one that exploded? Less. This is, <laughs> this is hilariously ironic. Yeah. Oh, man. He should not have taken that role. Well, no, I think it's a great role. I think it's a role that's going to allow him to, to flex his acting muscles. He's been taking acting lessons. He's, he's from who? From, he's, he's got like a. Steven Seagal? He's, no, no. Well, he's, Steven Seagal is kind of, uh, he's in a little Tom bit Imansky? of hot water right now. Yes, Tommy Nansky. Tom Imansky? Imansky or Nansky? Imansky. Imansky. It's an M. Yeah. yeah. Fred McGriff, this stuff works. Less miles. Oh <laughs> I, man. I, I think this is this is so great though, because we 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 saw Les Coach. We saw what he could become in this role as a guy who can run a big program. <laughs> I don't need to see Les Miles go to some group of five school and try and rebuild it. I need to see Les but, Miles on the silver screen. What I needed what I we saw him also as literally the challenger in the SEC West mm-hmm. of Alabama. Yep. And we saw a a game by game mental implosion of how he handled the clock and and most other things in that offense and what he thought an offense was supposed to be. So yeah, I also don't need to see him be in charge of one of the biggest disasters in aeronautical history. But yeah, sure, why not, Les? Yeah, that, the, the irony there is <laughs> it's real. What's next? Les is going to talk about the Dust Bowl and how he started it in the 1930s. That, that I would see that too. Yeah, actually, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> he's, Les has been taking acting lessons. Take, he's going to take more. He's full-on serious about this. He said that he's still pursuing coaching opportunities, seeing what's out there. I I think I, I've no, said many he's gonna times. He's going to be he's done. in a lot of Amtrak. He's going to be like a, in a movie about it being an Amtrak conductor next. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, gosh, I can't wait to see this. If Les Miles becomes the next The Rock. Yeah, they're both so charismatic as, as <laughs> He's going to be a NASA chief for the Challenger. I can't stop laughing. It's incredible. I don't know how I didn't see this. No, I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure a lot of LSU fans are, are also eagerly awaiting that movie's release. <laughs> it's going to be electric. Gosh. All right, we'll move on to a different coach, a guy that some people think is a has-been as well. Um, our good buddy, Mr. Herm Edwards. Big Herm. ESPN did a story on Herm Edwards that was basically like, Herm Edwards coming out and saying, I know you think that I'm crazy, and I don't yes. care. Yeah, well, okay. We, we've also known that, Herm. Yes. We've known that for a little while. He had a, he had a couple great quotes in this. 
I'll read you one of them here, and I'll try not to mess it up like I messed up the Lane Kevin quote. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. He said, I love the game of football too much, and I owe the game of football too much for me to take a job that I thought was Ill, that I thought I was ill-equipped to handle. I'm well-equipped to handle this by all stretches of the imagination. I wake up going, I'm in my element. Every time I come in here, I realize how much I missed it. College players are clay. They're hopeful. They have energy. They have aspirations. And I have aspirations that we're going to get many more quotes like oh, that from Herm Edwards. That was like. That actually was, I, I actually fully believe that. I don't know. I mean, like, he just convinced me. I'm not kidding. I, I know I'm sarcastic a lot, but, like, that kind of restores my faith a little bit in Herm. And so you you bring up a good point that he, he can speak. Like, nobody's doubting his ability to speak. And we're we're enjoying this this experiment that Arizona State is doing yeah. because that's really what it is. I mean, the guy hasn't coached in football in 10 years. And but he's right in the fact that, like, yeah, college coaches are—I mean, college players are clay. Like, they, they are motivated, and, like, it's easier to have them believe in a system and believe in you and get behind what you're what you're selling. You know, it's like a lot of things—the like the, the coaches who've struggled the most in the NFL compared to college was an easy, easy example right off the bat, and that'd be your boy Nick Saban. The hardest and most difficult thing they had a, they had a job doing, which was motivating— players at that level versus college because they're motivated differently and you know you can't you can't really yell at them that much i i think i mean herm's a pretty good motivator he's a good speaker he was doing that for for years doing public speaking stuff uh in the off season oh he's like, like a motivational speaker at, at for he did it for bama one year i think he did it for lsu one year yeah he's oh he's great and i have no doubt that he's going to be able to motivate people i just wonder in terms of like Understanding the college game, understanding all of the inroads that come with recruiting and establishing relationships and how much work that goes into that. I yeah. question if a guy who hasn't done this in 10 years and doesn't understand all the nuances of this is going to yeah. be able to all of a sudden figure out the college game and take that program to new heights as they hope. That Yeah, that part of it, <laughs> yeah. the logistics, no. I mean, they, 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 he's still going to come out at halftime eight minutes too early, and he's probably still going to, like, if he win the, a toss in an overtime game, he's going to elect to receive because of sudden death. But, I mean, yeah, other than that, he's going to be great. I still say he wakes up late for the first Saturday. And <laughs> like, Yes, he will. What the hell? Yes. And once again, to all of our listeners, nobody tell her nobody say oh that the Pac-12 has Friday games. Nobody tell. Man, you tell me it's crazy. They come out here and tell me we're having played on Sunday. We're playing on Saturday. Sometimes they're playing on Friday. Sometimes they're playing on Thursday. I'm out here going to dang Washington State this week. I, I went to the damn wrong college. Come on now. Your Herm Edwards invitation needs work. I'll say that. Herm Edwards and Mike Leach having a conversation pregame. Oh, that'd be that great. like forced awkward conversation like you have to have oh, with an Uber yes. driver or a, or a barber that they have to the coach have to have before the game. I would love to hear. Just a snippet of of that electric, are they in the same friendly division? conversation? I know, obviously, I know. They're both in Pac-12, but I'm not sure if they're in, if they're in the same division. That's going to be was great. Was it North and South? So probably not. Yeah, they're really <laughs> far away. That's a good point. I don't watch the Pac-12. Yeah, well, especially after dark. Well, that's the only time I watch the Pac-12. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, the other great quote that he had in there was uh, Herm said, "These people think I left Earth." Well. Yep. When you don't yep. coach in college football for 30 years and you don't coach in the NFL for 10 years, that's kind of the equivalent of leaving Earth in the eyes of college football fans. Because, I forgot he was a coach. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, that's a good point. How many I mean, recruits know? He's most know? famous for – he has to remind them. Like, they, they have to think he was just an analyst. Yeah, so – and we brought the, we talked about this before a little bit. And I've seen Herm at the Under Armour All-America game in Orlando. 
Um, and he's been an assistant coach there for years. And he actually right. said in this story, that's what gave him the itch was he, he would see guys like, you know, Amari Cooper running around. He'd be like, these guys are first round picks. I want to coach these guys. And I get Not going to Arizona State, big guy. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was my first thought was like, all right, good luck getting him to come to, to Arizona State. Yeah. Fly, fly down to Miami and try to convince that kid to go to Tempe. Actually, Arizona State, I would. Yikes! I would. Uh, Tempe's nice. Hands down, that would be a, that would Arizona State would hands down be one of my five final choices. It just to go see that campus and those girls. I don't care how that sounds. I'm sure my girlfriend's gonna hear this. I'm sorry, babe. This has nothing to do with you. This is another life. Sister Jean might just hear saying, this too. Your other. Yeah, Sister Jean, babe. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like I, I remember watching a Missouri Arizona State game it was on a Friday night. Actually, it's a Friday night game. Nobody tell it's like 2000, him. Nobody tell him. 2011, the coach showed up on time, but they kept showing the student section. And I was like, oh, my God. And, uh, yeah. so. And that was Chris on Arizona State. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like Herm, so it's perfect. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes to the Herm Edwards era. He's going to provide many more great sound bites. I have no yes. doubt about that. I am already looking forward to the fact that his team actually plays against Michigan State, I think in like week two or week three, early, I think week two. It's uh, like the first. He doesn't know, so. Yeah, nobody tell him. <laughs> so, Pre- is that a preseason game? No, I think it's, yeah, regular season. They do that in college. Yeah, regular season. They do that in college football. Term, can you explain the 0-3 start? Guys, these games don't matter. When we get the conference games, yeah, I'll start playing the actual starters. I'm not going to get anybody hurt, though, before the damn season starts. It don't make no sense. Go out here, run our first-team quarterback against their first-team defense. That's not how we do things down here. Now. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Like, Herm, these games matter. All these games are real. <laughs> we're out of the playoffs, and we're not even out of September. <laughs> I'm here for this. I'm excited for that. So your bucket list is going to an Arizona State game eventually. No, Arizona State. Co-ed party. That's that has nothing oh, to do gotcha. with Arizona State football. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. That's on my bucket list. Well, our sports bucket list. I think this is irrelevant to talk about to talk about because after all, in case you haven't heard, it is officially Masters Week. It's relevant, not irrelevant. It is very relevant. Yes, it is Masters Week, which you don't. I don't think you get it as much. No, I don't. I don't because I live in Georgia. You're a northern guy. Okay, so here's the thing. The Masters, anybody that's listening to this for the most part probably knows about the Masters. If you haven't, unless you've been living on a damn rock. For the last however many years, obviously you've heard of the Masters. It's in Augusta, Georgia. Now here's here's what one thing. My stepdad's from Augusta, and I've I've been obviously a huge sports fan ever since I was little. Augusta fascinates me, unlike unlike any other, unlike any other no, sporting good. event. And the good. reason and the reason why is because I remember I remember him saying this to me when I was about about nine years old, and he said he was from Augusta, Georgia. And I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of the, I've heard of Augusta because the Masters. Augusta, Georgia is not a big a big place. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's. I just drove by it uh, this weekend, going home for Easter. Shout out to mom. Washington Road, exit one ninety nine in Augusta, Georgia. You you take a right, and it looks like just a normal exit, kind of big. There's a Starbucks. There's a damn Longhorn and nice. uh, Hooters, very famous Hooters there. There's a there's a lovely little a love, lovely little bar called Somewhere in Augusta. But anyway, it's a it's a normal stretch and strip mall area, just like you know any other exit. Nothing too famous there. And then you go down the road on Washington Road, like a mile and a half, and the the most famous golf course in the world is there. And it's it's crazy because for one week, the entire focus of the sporting world, and I mean the world, is focused on Augusta, Georgia. And I just think it's cool because like if I told somebody I was from Atlanta, for the most part, they probably knew where, where I was from or they'd heard of Atlanta. But you can go to L.A., you can go to London, you can go to Hong Kong, you can go to Australia, and everyone 
has heard of Augusta, Georgia. In a way, because this one little golf tournament. You're right, and in a way, it's it's almost in the same regard of like what SEC football is, where it's just it's a town that has a has a college that <laughs> yeah. has been built around this specific college, and that's a pretty good point. Yeah, and and people just. You, have, you get hundreds of thousands of people who you just come in and the business just soars because right. of it. And it creates this, this atmosphere that's, that's incredible. That's second to none, or at least that's what I've heard. I've never been. Have you been before? Sore subject. And no, I have not been. This is what pisses me off. Okay. So again, my stepdad is from there. He also runs an Alsco linen plant in Columbia, South Carolina. So I found out he's the GM of the plant. My mom is a pastor. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to already. I'm going to say that, prefacing this next part of why I have a small amount of anger towards her. They've gone for like the past three years. And they didn't they invite didn't you? A, no! And she was like, oh, I didn't know you'd want to go full blank that she didn't know I wanted to go. I've watched this tournament since I was a little kid. She knew. She just wanted to go. And I'm glad they went together and had a lovely time, blah, blah, blah. She like sat down in the shade for like three hours. She's like, you don't understand how hilly it is. I'm like, first off, no, I don't, mom. I don't understand how hilly it is because I've never been. Two, just because you got me this beautiful hat and shirt and, and life dry fit polo does end life. <laughs> yeah, I break that one lower than the swag. But, yeah, just because you got me all this doesn't mean I'm going to ever forgive you for going to Augusta National and me not being able to see there. I've had, I've had two chances when I've been able to go. It was last year, and my mom took the ticket instead. And then when I was a sophomore in college and my stupid baseball coach, I had a ticket with a friend who was from Augusta. They went there every year because they have so many connections of people that live in Augusta. So she had a ticket to the practice round on Tuesday. My coach called a mandatory BP batting practice session Tuesday morning at 930 in the morning. Sick brag that you play sports. Yeah, whatever. Sick brag that I didn't get to go. And then my friends that went inside of me got too drunk on a Monday. They also missed it. So, yeah, I'm pissed at everyone that gets to go. That's number one on my bucket list. Wow. I poked the bear on that one. Hail you. So I wanted to talk about, <laughs> I guess you already started, our sports bucket list. Yeah, sorry. I was just, so that's God, number I want to go to Masters so bad. So pretty. I hope that you don't get as fired up about the next five. But if you do, that's you know that's your prerogative by all means. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Masters is, pro- is like in my top two or three. Probably, I don't really know if I have like a number one thing I need to see for me. That's how rankings work, Connor. We got we got to go. You got to go in order. All right, let's just. You're already the- messing this up, Les Miles. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Let's put it at number one. I'm prisoner okay. of the moment. Masters number one bucket list thing I want to see in person. Okay. I've never been to an Iron Bowl game. Ooh, I've been to almost everyone they've lost. Another sick brag on your part. You're basically no. the bad luck charm. I was at the 2010 game when they lost that. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Pure. Mm-hmm. Have totally rational thoughts about that, too. <laughs> I got to go to a Michigan-Ohio State game, a.k.a. Yeah. the game. Uh, I had a chance yeah, to go a couple game. years ago. Didn't work out logistically. Really frustrated. Because it was at 11 a.m.? In a, in a slight way, yes, but not, no, not entirely. Football's not meant to be played during brunch. They should just, if that game is the game, they should play it at 3.30 or in prime time like real football games are played. I know. I'd love to see it too. I, something that's going to get you fired up here. I've never been to Fenway or Yankee Stadium. Need to go to both of those. God, I've been to both. I know. Have you been to Wrigley? Fenway's though? incredible. I've been to Wrigley twice. All right, you got oh, there. I'm owning this bucket you list. You are. You really are. My bucket list is going to suck because I've already been to so many cool games. So here's another one. National Championship. Okay. Never been. For football? For football. I went this year. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go this year. I uh, had some, some personal things come up. I uh, wasn't able to attend that. Yeah. But yeah, that one, I hopefully next year. I mean, we'll hopefully I would like, so, next year. I would like to say, yeah, it'd be awesome. 
I, and I'm not this. I'm not trying to like. I haven't lived like the crazy charmed life. But it sounds I've been like cool, it. I've been to some cool stuff. No, like we grew up poor, but like I've been to some. I've I just I've had a lucky life. I've been to some cool things. Like I've like just somehow stumbled my way into. I've been. My mom got tickets to opening ceremonies uh, for the Olympics. So I was there when Ali lit the uh, the flame in Atlanta. That's I remember like, riding back from too. from a trip to Fenway to see the Braves play. I ended up getting sat next to somebody that won like a prize package from Fleet Bank and got tickets to the All-Star Game. It was in Atlanta that year. So I got tickets to the Home Run Derby. Got to go see that. That would be cool. I've been to a national championship. I've been to Wrigley, Dodger Stadium, Fenway, Yankee. been to Fenway a bunch. Yeah, so I've been to some cool stuff. I would love to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's on there. That's way up there. That's a big one for me. I would love to see the Rose Bowl. I would love to see... Oh, man. I'm trying to think. I, I would like to see an NBA Finals, but, like, close. Okay. That, like, that doesn't like, make the list for me. See, I, th- I think it would be... I mean, Masters, obviously, is number one. Yeah. Rose Bowl would easily be number two for me. I would like to see... Let's see. See, I would put Let's Stanley see. Cup ahead of an NBA Finals. Ooh, Stanley Cup live, like a Game 7 Stanley Cup. Incredible. Game 7 Stanley Cup would be amazing. But it would have to be, like, two teams that, like... It couldn't be any team from Canada. It had to be well, a team that I could somehow care that. about. Or Detroit. They don't I just, get there. I mean, yeah, it's very important. But like a, a Blues-Blackhawks game? Well, it can't happen yeah, in the Stanley Cup, but it would be I know. electric. They're in the same division. But that like that would be... I'd be I'd be on board for that. Yeah. I'm, um, I need to get to one of those. That'd be awesome. Uh, World Cup. Yes, that was the last one I had on my list. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's not going to happen for America this year. Which is, and you know what? The World Cup in Russia, I would kind of like to go to this year. They're just letting anybody come in with... Uh, Within, you can just bring in. I'm not saying I would partake. I just think it would be a lit atmosphere because they're allowing drugs in. Yeah, you can like bring heroin into the World Cup. That that's way too much. Yeah. Nobody like who's tying one one off during a sporting event unless they just lost. I don't know. Russia, um, Russia does last but not least, yeah, yeah, to say the least. Last but not least, I would say I think uh, Ryder Cup would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool too. That that was yeah. actually by. Uh, that was right by our my where my parents lived um, in Minnesota? the of Chicago. No, my parents don't live. No, 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 no. Wait, I thought they were in Minnesota last time. No, no. Where did you get Minnesota from? Are you just putting everything up north into one it's Midwest It's all one bubble? big state, right? No. Y'all are under that one giant mall. No, suburbs of Chicago. I've never even been to the state of Minnesota, except the airport. <laughs> You're missing out, dude. There's so many things that happen. Oh, there. I am missing they out. They film step by step there. Minnesota's on my bucket list, too. Little <laughs> did you know. That's the worst bucket list ever. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the bucket list. Oh, real quick, Tiger going to win this weekend? He said he likes his chances, which, God, oh, like, I, I love Tiger I, just, Swag. You're going to hate this? Tyler Swag, or Ty, Tiger Swag is so great. But there's, like, few better things to hear on a Sunday than, like, Tiger's in contention or Tiger's roaring, like, in, or Tiger's charging yes. on, on Sunday. But I'm, I'm just going to let you know, this Sunday is, like, a little mini bucket list for me. We're going to my buddy Brian Groom's house. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Brian. All day event, 2 o'clock to midnight. Sunday at the Masters and WrestleMania following. Wow! Just throwing that out there. What a weekend you got in store? You gonna be rooting for uh, for your guy Justin Thomas? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Nick Saban's guy. And Tiger. I would. I'll pull for Tiger over Justin Thompson or Justin Thomas. That Nick Saban Tom Rinaldi piece. You know, you, oh you saw the little little. It's weird. Back and they forth let somebody between. into their little their little cute uh, side piece action. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Alabama, we got a little bit of rat poison. Stuart Mandel. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Stuart Mandel of the Athletic <laughs> tweeted out a photo that was the most fitting thing that you could probably ever expect for Alabama. Alabama's got too many trophies. They had 
like three individual trophies just sitting on this random table. <laughs> just littered about. <laughs> because they've got too many trophies. They don't have room for them. They are just individual trophies. There are like, I think they were, uh, what were they? I think there was like an Outland There's trophy. There's an Outland, a Lombardi, and uh, something else. Like a, maybe like a Jim Thorpe or something like that. Definitely wasn't. It was a Jim Thorpe, but it definitely wasn't a Lou Groza. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, Jalen Hurts is going to get that this year. That's right. Yeah. We're keep, that was one of the funniest tweets I think I've, I've seen in quite some time. Only because I've obnoxiously made that joke to a lot of my friends. Like Especially after Bama loses. I'm like, well, it's fine. We'll just go ahead and give you all some more trophies. We've got too many in the trophy case anyway. Blah, blah, blah. But I love the fact that we're like just basically setting up a yard sale for it's like, hey y'all, here's something from the Belk Bowl, 2005. Even though we didn't go to that bowl, we went to a Cotton Bowl, it's whatever. But yeah, I just I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I, I think that's like Saban sees that and he's like, I don't want my players getting complacent and thinking we got too many trophies. I can't have that. <laughs> right. I can't have that picture. I can't have that going viral. I'm going to need you to delete that tweet. Last year, that. Scott Cochran smashed the second place yep. trophy when we got beat by Clemson on the floor. He's going to start doing that now with like individual trophies, yeah. like from 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 players in the past. Like, oh yeah, you think we're going to celebrate Minka's uh, Jim Thorpe Award last year? I don't think so. Who's going to win the Heisman on defense? Just yeah. slams it down on the ground. Unless it is a Heisman, he throws it down. That's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of them. Maybe, well, now we know that's probably why Scott Corcoran slammed the trophy and broke it. Connecting yeah. dots here. They had no room. They had to get rid of it We somehow. don't have any room for your stupid trophies. Yeah. Go ahead and put that on your bookshelf at home or in your stupid dorm room. See you later. People might have pointed out the fact that intern Butch Jones, he had Tennessee's 1998 <laughs> national title trophy under a staircase during his time at Tennessee. Well, uh, he gets less and less likable by the week. In turn, under which, a staircase. Under a staircase, yeah. What? Why? Was there some reason about why it was under the staircase? Like there was some. There was some excuse. He wasn't there. There, there was some excuse as to why it was there and why you know. But this, this, the guy who highlights five star hearts and praises champions yeah. of life, and you have a national championship sitting there, and you can't, you can't figure out the right way to. He honor wants it. to celebrate literally anything, and then he doesn't want to celebrate actual trophies. They won. That probably pisses me off more than the Masters thing. Good God! Yeah, I, I hope he gets a. I hope he gets a. I, don't I hope he gets that. fired. <laughs> the best thing is get is when he's responsible for finding a place for those trophies. That's going to be one of his intern response. But that's like an intern right. thing to do is to. Oh, he's going to be polishing the s out of those trophies. Oh, butch! Without a doubt, butch. Butch. He, butch. I hope he's going to get called into work on Saturdays, like not in season, all year long. Like he, I hope he has no PTO, just no paid time off. He has to do like morning coffee runs, all that kind of stuff. Did you see uh, his his salary came out? His salary is thirty five grand thousand dollars. Thirty five yeah. grand. So even I make more than that. Sick brag. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he is getting like what like eight point one million from Tennessee. Something yeah, like but that. he's putting it under a staircase somewhere, so it doesn't even matter. He's not going to rest on those laurels. That's, That's right. Good point. I hope he frames the first dollar he makes from Saban, then Saban takes it back. As he should. As he should. We've got a couple for uh, it might mean too much. First, I want to start with this uh, this Bruce Feldman story. Tremendous story. I've given, I've given journalists a little bit of love today. I, there's been some good journalists this down. week. There's been st- yeah, no, you, you will always tear them down. Uh, <laughs> great Bruce Feldman story in Sports Illustrated. If you haven't read it yet, go read it. Purdue special, team, special teams coordinator yes. left, left his job and was considered one of the best special teams coordinators in the country, apparently, yeah. by people in the business. And did it to become the the owner and operator of a Chick-fil-A in a Houston suburb. And we consider Chick-fil-A the official restaurant of the SEC. I don't know if that's yeah. trademarked or whatever, but basically it is. Right. It meant too much to him. Chick-fil-A they meant, meant too much. So Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, 
he's a former Auburn GA, so he's kind of got SEC running through his blood. If he's a, if he's a, like that's such a bold, incredible move to open your. First off, they make an incredible amount of money. Oh, I mean, how could they not? And plus, free Chick Fil A sauce for life. Well, I don't think you're allowed to take the sauce. Yeah, I I got fired because I got a free ice cream. Wait, what? I was like Fifty. Yeah, I worked at Chick Fil A. My my first or second job, I got fired because one of the employees gave me a free ice cream. It was ninety nine cents, and I got fired. Did you really? Yeah, for stealing from the Lord, basically. Yeah. You're going to need to back up and tell more about this story because this is... <laughs> I had a job. Because I, again, even though I was just ripping weekend trips to the opening ceremonies in, in Fenway all, all, the, all the time, I we didn't have a lot of money, so I, I worked in the off-season when I didn't have baseball, and I worked at Chick-fil-A. I'll never forget, I hated that job because the guy I worked with on the Friars, he just got a new Dave Matthews CD, and everyone there was like the worst, like the worst person. But like, like They were great people, but they were always like two eyes strong Super energetic about everything because they work at Chick Fil A. They're living right. The dream. I know, but like it, it was like all of them were like cross country workers that were on like cocaine the entire time. It's just like they were super excited. Like, oh yeah, we're having a great day. Having a great day. I'm like, all right, well, it's rainy outside. We've been here for five and a half hours. We're making five bucks an hour. And this kid was like, he's like, yeah, dude, just got the new Dave Matthews CD. It's pretty awesome. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Could you burn it for me? Simple request because we're you know, of age to do that. And he was like, I don't burn Dave, dude. I don't burn Dave. And I was like, okay, this place sucks. <laughs> You're the worst person I've ever met in my life. I don't oh, No one says that. So yeah, Chick-fil-A is an incredible place though. Yeah. Who would want to own and operate their own Chick-fil-A? Like coming, like actually come, come and think of it. That sounds like a pretty good, you know, a little business opportunity. If the, per- if it's, you know, if you've got, if anybody out there, you want me to own and operate a, a Chick-fil-A and dude, you know, just, it's literally, there's one at, in Atlanta. I know the guy at Lynn, it's like near downtown like Buckhead. He makes over $460,000 a year. Oh. It, it, it's depending on the location you're at. You can make bank Damn. at a Chick-fil-A. And you don't have to be in Purdue. Who the hell wants to go to Purdue? West Lafayette? Pfft, get out of here. My wife lived in West Lafayette for about a year yeah. and a half, and it was rough. I mean, it was, it was rough. West Lafayette's got some Chick-fil-A great people. there? Um, I, you know, I don't. If they do, they have like one. I mean, I, I, I've never been to a West Lafayette Chick-fil-A, so I understand totally why he'd want to leave good reason to do it all right here's one that's going to get you fired up we got we got double it might mean too much okay so this this is tremendous lebron apparently sent a letter to alabama basically like threatening to cease and desist without threatening to cease and desist (laughs) because this shop talk so to speak that lebron has come out with uh through the uninterrupted um, this new barbershop series where he's basically like talking to his buddies. I think Maverick Carter's involved. And apparently this came out like not that long ago. And Alabama re- revealed a, a preview for a series that it's doing kind of along a similar concept of being in it. It's like, like the, the barbershop at Alabama is called like Bama Cuts. Not our best name. Not the best name. Pretty cool logo though, and pretty cool yeah. series. Like they they threw the promo out there and it was Nick Saban like joining in on this conversation with Julio Jones. It's right. like, all right, this looks pretty freaking sweet like yeah and so lebron apparently thinks that alabama's infringing on his copyright <laughs> and that he owns the right to barbershops and barbershop talking shows. in them and then releasing videos about yeah. talking in a barbershop. first off ice cube owns that idea lebron good point yeah so get out of here what, what's next you own the day friday as well get out of here that's a scary possibility that is i mean lebron, LeBron could buy that. friday the day friday yeah, yeah so what's he upset about us what's he upset about bama having a bama cuts i mean like the only people that are going to watch it are Bama fans. I might watch it too. It actually looks pretty sweet. Well, that's your job. You have to. It actually does look pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just I thought it was like kind of. I didn't think it was petty because 
you know, he didn't just he didn't file the cease and desist, which he could have. He could have. He could have. He's basically threatening but, to. That, that's yeah. what that letter but, seemed like. But I love that he even said in the in the like little verna- the vernacular and like the the legal talk. He actually like we can talk about it. Like he yeah. said that, and they're like he's like we don't have to file anything. We can talk about it. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was really great. I want to <laughs> see the meeting between LeBron and Alabama to discuss a video series that like. Ooh. Both of them have so much, like they have so much bigger. Maybe they like join forces. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be really good. Yeah, but they just bring LeBron down for like a one-on-one match with Saban. Like Saban apparently balls. Oh, I can believe that definitely. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be great. I, I, that's a video that I would definitely watch. Absolutely. Also, what's he? I mean, like, how's he still making trips to get his haircut? He's been going bald for like the last seven years. That's a good point. It's him and Saban, to be honest. Well, you got to get line- everyone. You got to get that. a lineup. Everybody knows yeah, that. Yeah, well, Saban's never going to be on that show because everyone knows he's getting hair plugs and getting his hair dyed, and he's definitely not going to be doing it at Bama Cuts. Well, in the promo, he was just off in the corner, just like sitting there talking. He wasn't giggling the whole time, time. <laughs> like, like Rinaldi was in the background or something weird. But yeah, yeah, he was like, but like LeBron's been like getting that patchy just for men thing going on on his dome for like the last seven years. Just let it go, man. Yeah. You're still the best player in the world. He should go bald. MJ did it. That's the last <laughs> MJ LeBron comparison for the rest of this podcast. Ever. <laughs> um, so the best thing about this, Saban had this quote on, on Tuesday night about basically asked about it. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but this was a quote, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Zenitz. Is that how you pronounce his last name? He tweeted this out. What? There's, so this is Saban. He said, there's been at least 20 barbershop-type things I've seen on TV. I didn't even know that he had one. He, LeBron. I'm sorry yeah. anybody could be offended by something that we were just having fun with. I enjoyed it, and we're going to continue to do it. <laughs> yes. Suck it. Now, go ahead and try to win another title. Yeah, so I see want to later. see that cease and desist. I want to see LeBron and Alabama get into a legal battle. Doesn't Alabama like always cry foul on these things too? Like Alabama. Yes, the that's one. why it's that's why it's the most yeah. funny because Bama gets so butthurt about stuff like this. And like their their actual legal team, like I mean, you can't draw A's on cookies in town. Right. You can't have like the script A. Like their their licensing is out of control. Alabama uh, owns the uptight. letter A. Basically, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, hell, they got like dang four of them in there in their in their name in general. But like, it's crazy how uptight they get as university. It's 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 honestly pretty gross because they make enough money as is, and they go just over the top trying to take away from like people that are licensing, you know, different like not memorabilia, but like apparel and all that kind of stuff. It's it's gross the way they do it. So for them, them to like finally get a little bit of karma is is hilarious. So here's how we solve this situation: we have LeBron by Friday. Yeah, just by Friday, and then Alabama owns the A in Friday. They can both make money off of this. Yes, there you so go. And Herm Edwards still doesn't know it's a real day, so yep. that's perfect. Bringing people Full together, circle. That's what we do. That is what God Herm Edwards. <laughs> oh man! All right, we got some positive stuff to get to at the end of the pod here. We've had enough fun for for the day, um, but we want to do a couple five star reviews. Keep sending us those five star reviews in case you haven't noticed. We are. I don't want to say egotistical, but we like a little five-star view. We like a little pat on our own I back. need validation. I'm very insecure. That's so, yeah, I don't think it's a secret. I think everyone knows that. Oh, yeah. We we are definitely the type of guys that when we got that B-plus or that A-minus, it was going up on the fridge, and you are not taking it down. Yeah, yeah, for a while. That's why it's still there, Mom. Yeah. So this one from Gash TV said... It, Gash TV, I think that's what it is. I'm separating it a little bit, maybe. I- <laughs> 
I don't know. Or it might be <laughs> God. Weird name. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. Love the review anyways. The Saturday Down South has been a blessing for me in my busy life of work and family. I get to listen to those podcasts in between those times when I'm away, and it's been great and very informative. Informative. Keep up the great work, guys. Weird. Thank you, Gash. Well, thank and you. And you know what? Listen, man. Your family's always going to be there. We're only here once a week. So if you want to like take less time with them, spend it with us, man. Yeah. And Spend it with us. We're just hanging out with the guys here. Come on down to the barbershop. Let me and Connor cut your hair. We'll start a whole new thing. And if Gash TV is a is a thing that you run, then we'll we'll come be guests on yes. that too. That's right. Thank you very much, sir. You help us, we help you. That's how this That's works. That's right. This this next one, I'm just gonna guess maybe this guy's an old Miss fan or girl, but hotty tidy guy. <laughs> Love this podcast. Great way to stay in the loop for all things SEC, especially football. Five thumbs, way up! Exclamation point! Five thumbs! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Was that an emoji? No, no, no. It was five exclamation points. So five thumbs. But like, was it? He gave the thumbs up emoji five times. No, 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 no. He did the actual like spelled out thumbs up and then had the exclamation point five times. I thought you said okay, yeah, and I'm glad you only have two thumbs, man. We had a whole new problem. We to talk about, but thank you. Yeah, stick all those thumbs way up for us. We appreciate. Turn that. up. There you go. We appreciate that. Keep sending us those five star reviews. We love them. They're great. They make us feel a lot better about our lives and what we're doing with them. <laughs> um, makes us feel like we're running a successful podcast. When I build this fort every every week, because I can't afford a recording studio. Yes. So I can have the sound be be you know it's for you guys. I build this you. fort for you guys, not because yeah. I'm a kid at heart and I love forts. I build it for you guys. So thank you so much. For the kind words. Just want to close with this one final thought. Bradley Bozeman, uh, offensive lineman at Alabama, former offensive lineman at Alabama. He's going out of the NFL now. He is starting an anti-bullying campaign. He is going across the state of Alabama talking to anybody who will have him. He's trying to hit. I talked to him yesterday, and he's trying to hit between 20 and 25 schools in the month of April alone. He's going to do so many great things in the community, wants to stop bullying, wants to be a voice against it. Tremendous, tremendous work. We don't do enough praising of, of college athletes probably yeah. on this, but just a guy. Well, now they're being nerds it. like Bradley is. Well, it's, I'm kidding. That's a joke. Yeah, no, I, I saw this yesterday. I thought that was awesome, and not just because he's a Bama guy. I thought that was great, and that's something that like really – is lost. Uh, I think it's brought in, been brought more to light now with like the recent events and stuff like that that have happened in Florida. But um, you know, I think it, it's that whole conversation has gone down such a crazy road and black hole of just mess uh, because of politics and all that kind of stuff. It's good to some, see somebody get back to like you know the basics of what this whole thing started with, and that is bullying and just being nicer to each other. Exactly. Until football season, then exactly. we can bully each other. That's right. That's right. But spending, he's spreading a, a great message. If you're a teacher listening to this, you know somebody who could who could host them. He he he'll speak pretty much anywhere. Yeah. That's pretty much what he made it seem like to me. Uh, just a guy who's doing tremendous work, giving yeah. back and making the world a better place. I think we could all do that. Uh, five thumbs way up, Bradley. Five Gosman. thumbs, five boy Bradley, way up. There love you go. It. Absolutely love it. We'll close on that note. Uh, spring football this weekend, Masters this weekend, apparently WrestleMania this weekend. Whatever. <laughs> A lot of stuff going Talking on. The Undertaker and Cena. Let's do this. Oh, I'm fired up. I don't care at all. I haven't cared since I was 10. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And until next week, just remember that sometimes it might it just mean means more. Well, it might mean too much. Damn it. That too. Close, but yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>